Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Lads, we are back. Yeah, still here. It's been, Ooh, it's been a couple of weeks. It, oh yeah, because we, we pushed this back because we have a special guest today. <laughs> Will Baldwin is back. Will, how are you? I'm just excited to be here. I feel like you're excited to bash a certain commission of the NHL a little later. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm always here for that. I've told you on multiple occasions, just went and name the time and place and I'll be there. I want to say since the playoffs ended. Oh, it's, uh, I, th- I think it's, I think it was before that, honestly. It was, <laughs> at least like during the playoffs, you and I, obviously being both Habs fans, you know, we were, we were talking to each other during the game. Right. But it was once that had cooled off and you know, the mess of the draft, I feel like every other conversation was like, hey, Will, do you want to come on to Rip Gary? I was like, yeah, yeah sure. I, I can't remember when the first time I said it was, but one of them was definitely when he came on uh, during the cup final for like the six or seven minute interview during the first intermission and yes. they gave him no real questions. Yeah, that was that was not great. Hey, you know the whole Chicago thing? <sighs> We're not going to mention it. <laughs> not even going to ask about it. Barely touch on the Olympics. Like it was it was wild how little they asked him about anything. Yeah, but the officials though, I think it was mentioned in passing because you know Ron McLean never is going to go after officiating. Anyway, well, what's what's new with you? What's been going on, man? Man, I just got I just got back to Toronto full time a couple of weeks ago. Um, working full time in a editorial internship with a car insurance app based out of the U.S., doing a variety of content things for them. Just into the workforce after finishing university. It's so weird to think that both you and Daniel are alumni now of the, of, of Ryerson. It's so yeah. weird to think. Christo is too. I was with him last night. Oh, is he? Oh, that's oh yeah, because he transferred over too. Did I forgot he's older? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's what? weird. There's like there's a surprising amount of people that aren't back this year because uh, we graduated. I think JL too. There's there's a, there's a fair amount. And, and here are the rest of Alex for one in the fourth year. We'll yep. all be done soon. Quick four years, eh? Quick four years. Anyway, let's talk about hockey now. Um, news of news of the week, really. It was a, it was a slow, real like signing wise news and and on that in the NHL. Um, unfortunately, though, no, not for unfortunately. Uh, it, it's been fun. It's been fun. The Carolina Hurricanes, they have revenge. Uh, they offer sheeted uh, Habs RFA young centerman, former third overall pick, Jesper Kokkinenemi, to a one year offer sheet. $6.1 million is the cap hit, the AAV and all that. It includes a $20, not $200, not $2,000, a $20 signing bonus, which was obviously, well, is Sebastian Ajo's number. Will, I'm going to ask you first, my fellow Habsman. When you saw the news, what went through your mind? I mean, I, I honestly laughed. I, I, thought it, I thought it was just because... Basically, like right when I started really locking into hockey was like the year of the Dustin Penner RFA sheet. Like that was when I like really knew what was going on. 
And I remember thinking like how ridiculous it was, how mad Brian Burke was. <laughs> and like just the, so uh, for the longest time, the RFA thing has always made me laugh in the NHL because every year they'll like show the free agent list and they won't even show RFAs because teams are afraid to offer because this is what happens. The NHL is an old boys club. It always has been and it probably always will be where these GMs, they do not like when you do things to them, uh, particularly are offer restricted sheets for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And uh, when stuff like the Ajo deal happens, people remember that stuff. And then you end up in these situations. Like it's, you could see it coming. As soon as it happened, it was not even surprising. Cause you're just like, ah, this is, this was going to happen. It's just how the league operates. Mm -hmm. There's a surprising amount of detail that's come out already about this. Friedman and Merrick did 31 thoughts. Renault Lavoie has been all over this. Angles already has some stuff up. Arpin Basu and Sarah Savian have some stuff on the athletic people should check out after listening to this show, of course. Um, What's really funny about this, Alex, is um, reports came out today, and I believe this was from Renault Lavoie. Apparently, this was not Don Waddell, the GM's decision. Apparently, this was instigated by Tom Dundon, who in his short term as uh, Kane's GM is really making his presence known around the league. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, listening to, I've listened to a couple of interviews with, um, with Tom Dundon, and he just seems like that type of guy where he does not care. And like, I guess this kind of just proves it, but this is there, there's pettiness and there is what the Carolina hurricanes did last night. Mm -hmm. But I also think I have a, I have this theory and I think it's gone around on Twitter too, that they were extra petty because the Carolina hurricanes haven't had the greatest of off seasons. No. Uh, Trade, uh, letting go of Dougie Hamilton, not great. Bringing in Tony D'Angelo, which was a PR nightmare. So I think be, adding this extra pettiness kind of just, who no, now no one's going to talk about that. So for anyone who hasn't seen, that is they posted an Uno reverse card. I believe they changed their Twitter handle to be the Hurricanes to, to, to Carolina. They, they made it French. They put out a very clearly Google translated statement. Um, you could tell because the, the grammar was awful. They Don Waddell mirrored Mark Bergevin's statement about when Aho had signed the offer sheet with Montreal. Uh, it was um, it was funny though. We don't have a lot of. It feels like honestly nowadays in the NHL, the most personality you actually get is is out of the Twitter admins. Dan, it's kind of pathetic, but it's it's refreshing. Yeah, what I loved about it is that it's so on brand for Carolina to do something like this, but. At the same time, I don't know why in terms of like that old boys club and everything that there has to be this, you can never do these offer sheet kind of things or how dare you do these kind of offer sheet things? Because the reality is these things are going to happen when we have something like a flat cap, when we have teams scrambling for things that why, why out of respect, I know that you have to respect them to a certain extent, but you know, it's a business you're competing with these guys. Like, when Philadelphia did it to Shea Weber, and that's the current contract he has right now, like I feel like there was less about less less publicity on that than there is about this one, and it's it's a one year deal. Yeah, and uh, the again, six point one million dollars means that if the Canadians do not match this, they will receive Carolina's first and third round picks. So, 
What's significant about this with regard to RFA is that means the Esprit Kakanyemi's qualifying offer will be $6.1 million. Apparently, the max Montreal were willing to go. The word is from Freeman, it would have been a two-year deal, around $2 million, some spare change after that. A reasonable bridge for how his performance has been in his very young career. What I don't get, and, and apparently Freeman also said that um, Carolina have apparently discussed with Yesberry uh, what a potential long-term deal would look like. Um, but then I wonder what stops this. I want to talk about Carolina's side of the story here first before I get like so just depressed about what's going on with Montreal right now. Uh, also, there's this really funny tweet that was like, so the Habs drafted Mayu, the Canes signed uh, D'Angelo, and now they're trying to become the banter team. I thought mm-hmm. that was really funny. What stops Jesperi Kakinemi from just year after year signing his qualifying offer, locking himself in for $6 million, or just hitting arbitration every year once he's eligible and walking himself to free agency being massively overpaid? Nothing. There's that's nothing what I don't get about this. It, it's This is like hockey-wise – the Canes didn't sign Nadelkovich, which we criticized. Right. Their defense is worse. And they go and potentially commit $6 million to Yesberry Kakanami. The only argument I can make is for some reason, hockey players like to have their security and they'll take a longer term deal. So rather than going year by year, and yeah, he's going to get paid, but there's also this idea of who knows what happens. There. That that's the only argument that I can I can make. I I I will say in the NBA we do see once in a while teams overpay someone for a year, and the guy kind of takes it, and then will kind of with the understanding that this one year contract will allow them to set up for a longer term deal in the future, which would probably be his rationale is you take this hopefully play well, but if not, you're still getting the 6 million. And uh, like Adam said, go to arbitration and see what you can get. It makes, it's weird for Carolina to do it. It makes complete sense why he signed it because like he'd be an absolute moron to not sign it for Carolina. It's kind of weird. The only explanation would be like you said, if they do actually have some sort of long-term contract in the works, that would be in many ways probably undervalue if he has a good season this year, just because otherwise this is a really, really weird move for them because giving up a first and a third for a guy who, as many people have tweeted out his point total from last year, it's, it's underwhelming. It's he's growing, but he's definitely not worth 6 million a year. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so that's weird. And then the other part of it is not even just the first and the third, but like the fact that you have to pay six million for him too. Like it's a weird, it's a really weird move for them unless they have some sort of secondary plan that goes with it. Because otherwise, like you're saying, it like what are it's bizarre what they're doing. What's weird is it puts them over the cap now if they retain the deal. It's really weird. I'm pretty sure Jordan Stoll makes around six million. What's what's extra extra about this is that. If Jesperi Kakinemi is matched in this offer and he comes back to Montreal, he's the second highest paid forward on the team. Only ahead of him is Brendan Gallagher. Like and and, and Phil Denoga, five point five million. It's a massive kick in kick in the nards to the Habs, though, because 
they're cap strapped right now. Uh, and they've got some important deals next year. Like Romanov's an RFA, but I mean, do you expect him to all of a sudden have this breakout year? No, he'll he'll keep going in his game. But the big one, the big one is Nick Suzuki. Now, I, I think I'm not the only one saying whatever is thrown at Nick Suzuki's way if he hits RFA instead of if he's extended this season. I think Montreal are going to match that. But the problem is that KK contract could just mess up the rest of their plans because Ben Chirot's up next year, so they're going to have to fill that hole. Who knows what happens with like the rest of the roster by then? Like What happens with Jonathan Druid? What are they going to do with his contract? Is he going to be around? They still need to improve the team, right? So... I can expect a lot of salary dumps coming Montreal's way if these scenarios happen. Like I think of a Joel Edmondson, where the amount of money he's getting, or even a Jake Allen, where at these at that point you'll see some of these guys where, like I like to say the quote unquote basketball trade, where they do just give up salary and then they they sweeten it with an asset. Mm-hmm. Basically, everything Arizona has been doing lately, right? Yeah, and Montreal yeah. does have assets. Yeah, they do. I would rather you use it for an Eichel trade, but... You know what I've been seeing a lot on social media? What? Patterson? The emergence of renewed love for Ryan Paling after this KK signing. Man, Paling got done so dirty because he had the... I remember after the summer, after he had that hat trick game. I went to it, by the way. Love stuff. I remember Bergevin, there was an interview with him saying that was the worst thing that could have happened to him. Because and then I remember that summer there was there was that leak about how he was involved for a trade for Ryan O'Reilly, and that would have also involved I want to say the third overall pick, which was Kakinyemi. In hindsight, would you trade KK and Paling for Ryan O'Reilly? Yeah, uh, not great. So let's say if you guys are Mark Bergevin, do you match it? Do you take the first and the third and use it elsewhere in whatever ways you want to? If either of you have a scenario in your head, which I guarantee some of you do, go ahead and go with it. But, Will, if you're Mark Bergman right now, what are you doing? I mean, I think you probably have to match it. Um, just because this happened a couple of years uh, last summer in the NBA with the Sacramento Kings. They had this guy named – his name was Boyan Bogdanovich. He went into restricted free agency the whole year. Everyone was like, kind of like, what are they going to do with this? He played the same position as another guy on their team who they paid 20 million to. And it was just kind of assumed that when he got to free agency, because they didn't trade him at the deadline that they were going to sign him and then trade the other guy. And then they let him walk for nothing. And it was just like a classic Sacramento Kings thing where you just let this legitimately good player leave for, and it just puts a hole in your roster and there's not really a way to fix it. And I feel Montreal, although the first and third is nice, the reality is, is that's your third overall pick from, what, three years ago? Like, that's that's a tough sell to your fan base that you go to the Stanley Cup final based in a lot of parts around this young and exciting potential future. Like, that's what people were saying as they were getting rolled by Tampa's, like, look up and down the roster, like, this team is loaded with young guys and uh, like, and he was one of them, like he was fourth or fifth on the list, but he was one of them. And so to lose that guy for a probably in the twenties, first round pick and third round pick is like, that's a, that's a tough sell. And for a team that you're trying to make the playoffs next year, you're it's, you can't really argue that the team is going to be in a better position with him, not there. And Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's weird. Like, I think this decision, what they do, 
will tell you how they felt about the Stanley Cup playoff run. Because if they think that, like, that was a legitimate thing and this that is something to worth build around, then they will match it and not really think about it. But if they think it was a little smoke and mirrors, got lucky. Um, Toronto was a weird matchup, got lucky there. Winnipeg, like, that, like, got some breaks and then all of a sudden you were in the conference finals, like, if they if they think it's that way, then maybe I could see them letting him walk and just taking the assets and kind of recognizing that six million is a ton to pay. And you start, like you said, with the cap issues, putting a ceiling on a team really quickly when you have cap issues on a team that's not <laughs> a perennial contender. Like that's the worst place to be in sports is you have cap problems and you're like just okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that I think whichever route they choose, and I'm curious to hear what you guys think is going to kind of tell us all we need to know about what they thought of that playoff run. Mm -hmm. I have a lot to say, so I'll let the others go first. Alex, do you want to take it away and then over to Dan? I I don't necessarily think they have to match the offer um, just because I I have to know. The one thing I'd want to know is what the relationship is between Kotkaniemi and Ducharme. And I think that's the, for me, that's the biggest thing. Like, or, or it's one of the biggest things. The other thing is, obviously, if you're not matching this offer, you're getting that first and a third, and you have to have a backup plan. Um, and it's not Jack Eichel, but it is Christian Dvorak. And I think they mentioned it in 31 Thoughts uh, from this morning. But, I mean, Adam, you've been talking about Christian Dvorak since the end for, of the playoffs. For a long time. Right? Now. So it, it's a name that adds up. and he can fit in your top six if you need him to. Mm-hmm. Damn. I'm going to have to go with the narrative that we've had for so long. I know it's been, you know, the butt end of the joke for so long, but the fact that Coffee Yemi went third overall and the people we've talked about before, you know, Will Christophilis and every, like everybody where they mentioned like, you know, that was a reach of a pick. And I think that, you know, what Will said today was, you know, he was third overall and it was only three years ago. He's only 21. You can't give up on an asset like that yet, especially for the fact that he was, you know, for most, you know, mock drafts, he was a, he was a a reach. So I think at this point, you know, for the one year, I think you're going to have to just take the cap hit and figure it out. Remember the first thing Will Chrysophilus ever said to me was he had buried Hayden ahead of Jesperi Kakinami in that draft. (laughs) And I nearly walked away from the conversation. Um, but I mean, hey, hindsight. Okay, I want something Will said there about like it's a tough sell. I think the fans are done with him. So first off, apparently this was something I was thinking about because obviously I made the video about this. Um, and I was kind of like, okay, well, like you match the offer and you trade him right away. Like you send him to Buffalo, do the Eichel deal, do whatever you can. Like I don't, I'm done with this kid, right? But then apparently you can't trade them for a year a player like an offer sheet, once you match a player, you can't trade them for a year, which is such a dumb rule, by the way. Remember the expansion draft where it was like, hey, there, guys, no shenanigans unless you're the Caps getting even advantage check back, but, you know, whatever. So here's the thing that, obviously, I don't blame KK for signing the deal, like $6 million in a single season and say you're only going to get, what was it, around 4.4 for two years? I would do that. However... This is a market where there are certain smaller markets where if you do that, you sign that deal, I think you can get away with it. 
but with such a scrutinized group like the Habs are. And you saw Galchenyuk got it. You saw how bad Jonathan Druin got it. I think KK is, is done. Not to mention, he was one of the guys on the outside looking when the playoffs started. When they ended, he was on the way looking out. Apparently, there was word that people thought his last game was after he got scratched. If I'm a, if I'm a fan, I'm a fan. He signed a deal with another team. He can take a hike at this point. I think, yeah, the big thing is you have to have that deal in place. And yeah, Eichel at this point is is whatever, but it has to be a guy like Christian Dvorak. You, you can't go into next year with your center death being off the top of my head, Suzuki, obviously, Jake Evans, Ryan Paling, and... Cedric Paquette. Cedric Paquette. Yeah. I, I, like, listen, and I, I think of, of all of us, I'm the one who has the most difficulty putting the fan glasses away. Um, my sports issue piece, I still made it about the Habs. Uh, the guy can leave. He doesn't. He he signed a deal with another team. Like you, you don't. They talk about like the the, the atmosphere when Ryan O'Reilly signed the Calgary one. It's different. He signed somewhere else, and the team just. It's such a mirror thing of what happened with Galchenyuk to a point. Like you get worried when they start playing him on the wing. Um, I don't think there's been the off ice issues um, that there were around Chucky, but still like. The smoke is there. The history is there. And like the thing with the, the pick, like for me, it's I remember a few weeks ago, I was really like I was really getting on Brad loving for not just trading Sam Bennett. Like if it's not working, just go for it. Get the picks at this point, man. And even if you hold on to the picks and you decide to finally do this damn rebuild and poor Carey Price is just there, like this poor guy, the drafts in Montreal. Another reason that you could see them even holding on to them. Because, like, let's be honest here. Even if they get Dvorak, they're not making the playoffs in the Atlantic Division. Like, they're just not. That's a fact. Even as, as people seem to have just completely written the Leafs off. But even at their roster at this point with their top-end talent, they're above Montreal. The Panthers are above Montreal. Boston are ahead of Montreal. And Tampa Bay are going for a three-peat. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, he, he's gone in my books. Plus this, like Mark Bergevin, we all have seen like his history indicates, like he doesn't move off his plank. We saw that with Markov, with Radulov. This, no matter what, Jesper Kokinemi is not going to be having in the next three years, especially obviously if this is matched, I, he's not staying. It just, it goes against everything of Mark Bergevin's history. Even if he like he leaves and he goes to like this upper management position, whatever this thing is, because he has his offer on the table, it's it's done. It's done. Yeah, um, I was. So one thing I wanted to jump in off of what you said is a uh, restricted free agency is like it's notoriously messy, mm-hmm. and it always, almost always, I shouldn't say always, but it almost always uh, can just tank relationships. Like there's a really famous example. A couple. Uh, I hate bringing back, keep bringing back to the NBA, but they actually signed our, they actually signed restricted free agents in the NBA. Uh, so there's actual real examples. Unlike in the NHL where it's once every th- three or four years, mm-hmm. but um, about uh, six or seven years ago, Gordon Hayward signed a restricted free agency offer with Charlotte. And basically the reason he signed it was because he felt Utah was lowballing him. And he's like basically on the record that he was never the same with Utah again. And that's part of why he left to Boston when that contract with Charlotte ended up ended because uh, Utah matched it because he was just kind of like, they never fully were in on me. Mm -hmm. And 
I think this situation, it's kind of the other way around where you're mentioning the team's kind of out on him. And uh, if the team is out on him, like you're saying, like this is not going to help. Like it's not one of those things where some people may think, oh, they signed a deal for them. So now it's easier because they don't have to negotiate. It's like, no, I guess. <laughs> and to uh, your point about Montreal and how some people kind of forget how wild that market is. Like a couple of days ago, I was watching the Scott Gomez uh, Spin Chicklets interview and they got to the end and they're like, uh, we'll ask you about Montreal another time. And he like gave this look on his face where it was kind of like, I never want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And it's because that market just like, chewed him up and spit him out so fast because he was overpaid and he didn't produce. And I think if you do sign this offer sheet and he comes back and he scores even 30 points, which would be an upgrade on last season, every day he's going to hear about it. Like every day, every day someone's going to fire the tweet, how much he's getting paid per goal. Everyone, everyone knew in Montreal, exactly how much Scott Gomez was getting paid per goal. Like you could, it was not hard to find. People would joke about it all the time. Sportsnet and TSN would run the graphic because so many fans were talking about it. And uh, I think this deal in a lot of ways could really set him up to fail, even if you want to bring him back just because of that market and the fact that he's not really ready to produce on a high enough level to warrant that money. And people are going to ask him about it all the time. Like, Hey, you signed for 6 million. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you have three goals this year and it's December. Uh, what do you think? Like the, like that's the kind of stuff that happens in Montreal all the time. That doesn't happen in other markets. Like Toronto is really the only other market that that happens. Like, like Toronto, Toronto and Montreal, like Mitch Marner is considered a terrible NHL player now. And it's like, the guy was like, <laughs> was unbelievable, exactly. la- unbelievable last year. Yeah. And uh, you would think he, he was their Scott Gomez. And uh, like Montreal is the same way. Like if he comes back next year and has anything less than like 50 points and like shows like he's a real top six forward, it's going to be really, really rough for him every time he steps to the podium. Mm-hmm. Even if they do match him, though, like they match the offer, he's gone next summer, right? Like yeah. uh, even yeah. even if he has a slight improvement over his number, uh, over the numbers he had this year, like unless it's spectacular and like we want to keep this guy long term, I, I just I can't see a scenario other than that one where he's not traded by next by the start of the next season. I- I, I really like uh, Adam's point about uh, the comparison to Sam Bennett because I think similarly to uh, the Sam Bennett draft pick, but in the other way where the guy went after, um, it's really hard to look at him and not think about Brady Kachuk. And that was the real issue with Sam Bennett was it wasn't all his production. It was the fact that he was the pick after Dreisaitl. Mm-hmm. And it was like – how nice would it be if the Flames had dry sidle? Like, oh, Sam Bennett had 15 goals this year. He looks like he's going to be better. It's like, yeah, well, dry sidle at 85 points. Like, <laughs> like, like there was nothing he could do to kind of get out of that shadow. And I think similarly, the right down the road in Ottawa, even if KK comes back next year and puts up 40 points, someone will be right there to be like, Brady Kachuk is had 60. And they'll be like, well, what the f-? like, 
I think it's uh, a very similar situation to the Sam Bennett one where uh, you kind of have to cut your losses at some point because it, when these situations happen, it's pretty unusual they turn around in the first place. And I'm pretty sure Quentin Hughes was a few picks after that, too. Yeah, he was seventh. Could you imagine going into this season, Montreal had, had a right side of Weber, Petrie, Hughes? It's, uh, it changes everything. I have uh, a question, by the yo, way. Shoot. Yes. So, like, at this point, when it comes to value of KK, would a first and a third not, like, that, that'd not be the worst thing for, like, the way he played and the fact that he was a healthy scratch? It's interesting you mentioned that. Something I forgot to mention is apparently the Hurricanes in the in the past couple of days were trying to acquire Esprit Kakaniemi, and 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 then apparently like in the last twenty four hours they let Montreal know okay we're in the offer sheet, which is exactly what happened with Svechnikov when you look not Svechnikov with Aho, which is funny enough. So I wonder what that price was to the point where like if you were getting the value of more than the first and the third, it makes you wonder like what were, I wonder what the offer was. And uh, obviously, if you're Montreal, you want a, like a puck-moving defense or you want another center back. And I don't think the Hurricanes are in a position to want to trade. Oh, you want Kakinemi? Well, we'll take Ajo back. He was ours for six days, never forget. Um, and yeah, by the way, I don't know exactly when Montreal's normal big um, golf tournament is, but it's always a, like it always it's a head-to-head turn. Remember when Pacioretty came back yeah. and there was that super awkward picture? With um, with Mark Bergevin and like his, his massive guns, and it was super awkward. Like the moments are made at those golf tournaments. And I'll tell you, imagine this: Jack Eichel gets traded to the New York Rangers eventually. The guy that Habs fans have wanted this entire offseason. Who do Montreal face in their home opener? Jack Eichel and the New York Rangers, if it happens. Which it's against the Rangers, obviously. And could you imagine knowing that? Before that, you know, you have Michelle Lacroix doing the bottoms of this year, the starting lineup for the New York Rangers, number 15, Jack Eichel. And then, you know, they're going mad. And here comes the Habs introducing number 15, Jesperi Kakinami. The boos are going to be there. 100% the boos are going to be there. PK was getting booed by the end of his first game back. So, Jesperi? Um, yeah, it's, it's sad. It's sad. Don't it also give, doesn't don't give help. Mike the joy of Eichel going to the Rangers. I know. Don't, it's don't it's also, it by the way, going to be what doesn't help KK is when Suzuki came along and like in his rookie season did better than KK has since he made the NHL in his rookie year. So, oh boy. By the way, anyone saying Suzuki is going to get offer sheeted, anything he gets offered, the Habs are going to match. Like that guy's not going anywhere. Okay, moving on. Where do you guys want to go here? We can go Lundquist. We can go the front office stuff. We can go the Coyotes. We can talk about the Olympics for a second here. Where do you guys want to go? Well, um, I would combine Olympics and Arizona because it's a lot of Gary. <laughs> so I, I um, but if you wanted to do Lundquist quickly, we could do that. Good. Well, yeah, we'll do Hank, and then we can go to Olympics, and then from there go to go go to Gary. Uh, this is kind of sad, isn't it? Uh, Henrik Lundqvist was days away, apparently, from rejoining uh, the Washington Capitals, trying to make a great comeback. Had heart surgery, of course, last year. Uh, six all-time in regular season wins, 459. 15th in playoff wins was 61. Uh, the 2011-2012 Vesna Trophy winner. Uh, his number will be retired, but unfortunately, um, due to that heart condition, apparently he may have to get another heart surgery. Henrik Lundqvist, King Henrik, the second best goalie of his generation um, has officially retired. Um, 
it's it's unfortunate that Henrik Lundqvist's career was just sort of he was the biggest player as a goalie where there weren't really any other superstars on his team for the whole of his career. He carried them to the playoffs, including to a Stanley Cup final run where they lost in five games to a far more superior team. Deja vu, right? Um, but King Henrik doesn't get his ring, and he might be the is he the best goalie to never get a ring, Will? So far? Who is retired, I guess we should say. That's a really good question. I'd have to look at the list, but off the yeah. top off the top of my head, I would he's definitely up there. I is who would who who else is out there? Who doesn't who doesn't have a ring? Even know. most of the greats have them now, don't they? Or, yeah, that's that's what I would that's what he'd oh he'd I guess Luongo would be right there. That is fair, yeah. Um who else? It would I'm trying to think. Mm-hmm. Who's even up there? Flurry's third in uh, Curtis Joseph. Ooh, yeah, Cujo's a good one. I, well, I wouldn't be surprised if Lundqvist's legacy is like a better Cujo. I was gonna say I, I put him above Cujo, but it's it's not far mm-hmm. off. Yeah, I, th- I think he'll probably just get remembered as a better Cujo because for whatever reason we just remember people who stay with one team in higher regard than ones who move around a little bit. And uh, that's true. Yeah. I, I think the fact that like his jersey's going in the rafters somewhere will definitely impact his legacy. Um, yeah, Lunquist is a really interesting guy because like he's really hard to rate all time because like his he he never had like an outrageous peak season. He was just like really good every year. It's not like you can like point to like he didn't have the like two year run carry had from 2014, like 2014, 2015, where like, you're like, I'm pretty sure Carey Price was the best player in the world for that year, for that year and a half stretch. Like Lundqvist doesn't have that. It's just kind of like, he was really good every year. I'm not really sure if he was ever the best goalie in the league, but he was never for like, he was for like eight straight years, a top five goalie. So mm-hmm. like, he's a, he's a weird, he's a weird case because it's also interesting to think like if he had played with the guys that you mentioned, like if he had had a better team, then like would we think of him in higher regard? But I but I also think of the fact that like his teams were definitely better than Carries. Like they had they had more talent. They just did. Like that decor, like McDonough was amazing in his in his peak in New York. Um, like Rick Nash was is was good there. Like they had they had good teams. Like they were consistently making playoff runs, like they were high quality regular season teams. So he's a, he's a weird guy because he never played with the team that was good enough to win, but also he never really played on a bad team either. Mm-hmm. Consistency is a funny. It's funny you mentioned there. I think that's that that's his legacy. The king of consistency is King Lundqvist. That and just how handsome he is. I saw that press conference. I'm just like, this is not fair. No. I was talking to Alex Baumgartner and I said, I just, sometimes I just don't feel like I'm an adequate human being when I look at Henrik Lundqvist. It's insane. Yeah. And he's dead. His legacy is like threefold, like really good goalie. And then like one of the best dressed NHL players of all time. hundred percent. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget when uh, I can't remember what the segment was, was on TSN, but like they cut to him walk. It was like a that's hockey segment and they cut to him walking in and they're like, there's Henrik walking in in his $5,000 suit. And uh, Jeff O'Neill was like, that's an insult. That's definitely, that suit is definitely worth more than that. <laughs> and, they cut, <laughs> and they cut to commercial. Um, but yeah, I, that's, that, that's honestly probably how I remember him is just like 
really consistent, always there every night. Um, not really sure if he was ever the best goalie, but he was also he was always one that you would definitely sign up to build your team around too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a weird like he's a weird guy because like I he's like the complete opposite of quick to me. <laughs> like like quick was quick was like quick was unbelievable for like four years, but has no longevity at all. Like he's washed now, and uh, whereas Lundqvist was like was really good, like we said for like what eight or nine eight nine and ten years. How long? Mm-hmm. What was his prime? He started he was started really being really good in 06 and was still good until what eighteen. Yeah, I think that was when. Yeah, yeah so, that's so he, really- he basically had twelve years of being really good. Like Quick had what three and a half, but his yeah. peak was unbelievable. His playoff run in 2012 is one of the best playoff was is I think the best goaltending I've ever seen, and uh, like it's right there, but it's right there with peak price. So like, who would you take all time, Quick or Lundqvist? It's such a weird conversation. You know that conversation about rings always like it feels like it muddies goaltender sometimes because it's like no offense, Daniel, I love you, man. I'm never going to put Mark Andre Fleury above Carey Price in my all-time goalie list. Like I refuse to do it. They're going to say Jigger. I'm like, oh no. Okay, well, yeah, no, Jigger's no, not yeah, there yeah. either. No, I know, I know, but I'm just like, you know, don't don't hit the nostalgia strings. Where was Lundqvist drafted again? Wasn't he like a fifth rounder? He was, he was a seventh rounder. Wasn't he an eighth rounder? No, seventh. Oh. Um. So this is what I'm always going to remember him. He was drafted in 2000 in the seventh round, but he didn't make his debut until like 2006, 2007. Because New York had Al Montoya that they took sixth overall in 2004. And they're like, he's the future. But then Lundqvist <laughs> outplayed him like crazy at every training camp. And then before he became like a world-class goalie, he won a gold medal for Sweden. 2000, eh? Yeah. That was a long time ago. Alex, you got a, you got a word on the King before we move on to Olympics and bashing Gary? Uh, well, it'd, I'd just be repeating what everyone else said, so. Fair enough. You know what? Okay, I'd, I'd like to hear what Will has to say about Gary Batman. Just before we move on, just one more thing about Lundqvist. I think they would have had better Rangers teams because they had good players, but they overpaid them by like twice the amount of like their value. Like, like a Scott Gomez, like he was okay when he left New Jersey, or a Chris Jury when he left Buffalo. I mean, but I don't just, think I don't think Rangers fans are complaining about the legacy of Scott Gomez in the long term. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, there were certain <laughs> players there, like even Dan Girardi, he was a solid defenseman, but they like paid him more than like he would have probably gone in the open market, and they kept doing that to every single time. Yeah, I th- I I think that's a fair argument because those teams were good, but like they always were missing something. And if you overpay four guys by a million dollars, that's four million dollars that you could use on someone else. And it's it like half felt, the cap. Yeah, yeah. It, it always felt. I think that's a good point. It did always feel like they were like one or two guys short. Like they were really good, but no one ever picked them to win. It was always kind of like, yeah, they'll be there. They'll probably make it to like the second round. But no one was like, there was one year when they brought in Brad Richards, uh, where it was like, oh, they're going to be, and then they lost to New Jersey. But uh, that was the one year I thought they were actually going to do it. I I I picked them to make the final against LA, like before the season started, and then they blew it against New Jersey. But otherwise, mm-hmm. like you're saying, they were always like a guy or two short. By the way, uh, good on the Rangers for not wasting time retiring his number. By the way, like 
you appreciate the respect there. And I'm pretty sure when it comes to Rangers goaltending records, I don't even have to look it up. He's probably at the top of nearly every single one of them. It's ridiculous. All right. So the Olympics have been a bit of a, a muddy story for NHL fans the past couple of years because we haven't been there since Sochi, I want to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there is some good news, though. Uh, Gary Bettman has finally gotten his way. The big holdup for a long time going to the Olympics was the insurance. I don't think it's the only thing, but one hurdle seems to have been jumped over here. This is according to Larry Brooks. Double uh, IHF have agreed to purchase insurance, including COVID coverage for NHL players participating in Olympic qualifiers. Now, uh, so it's really interesting. I didn't, I didn't even mean to do this because Will was coming on. He's obviously the basketball king. Um, obviously, top three Twitter follow. Obviously, top five is too low. Um, so I was re-watching The Last Dance, right? Well, it's so fun. And I was looking at the, uh, the episode when, it, when it's the dream team in the Olympics and just how important it was. And I think if anything is going to be Gary Bettman's lock, um, legacy beside the lockouts, <laughs> right now, I, I will never get off the point that I think what Matthews and McDavid are missing to really take over as the new faces of the league is they don't have that Olympic stuff yet. And that's the one thing with Gary, I don't think I'm ever going to forgive him for is missing out on the Olympics for as long as they have now. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like the, the easiest way to explain to people how important it is that they're at the Olympics is like, what's your first memory of Sidney Crosby? See, I'll, I'll tell you, Will, snowstorm at, uh, at like some lowdown arena in Lake Holton. Everyone gathered around a snack bar and a crappy little TV. Cedric Crosby, the golden goal. Yeah, like, and what people forget is like that was right after they won the cup. But like even it still feels like that was like his, okay, this guy's going to be this guy moment. And uh, when you don't go to the Olympics, you rip off people from those moments and like like we talk like we you guys obviously talk a ton about carrie on this podcast like carrie will go to the hall of fame in large part probably because he's not going to win a cup because of that gold medal and like because anytime someone tries to like explain away his legacy and be like oh he didn't win a cup like people are like okay look at these numbers when he actually had a good team in the Olympics like he's gonna go he like there's multiple guys on that team who like it's meant to their legacy it was like okay this guy is going to be a hall of famer now or this guy like a good example is like Dan Hamus he's not, yeah. gonna, be, he's not gonna be in the hall of fame but like Dan Hamus like you're like, we actually know who Dan Hamus is like that, now that they didn't go it's like ah whatever uh who cares like and uh, it sucks when they t- take away opportunities for guys like that. And then the small countries and then the best on best stuff. Like it's, it's just, it's so wild to me that it's not an immediate thing, like an obvious thing they do every year. Like I, I it blows my mind that they don't understand how important it is that they go. Cause like you're mentioning with the last dance, that team going to Barcelona is the reason there are so many international players in the NBA now. And like it kickstarted a generation of an expansion of basketball that we still see today. Mm-hmm. And when you don't go to the Olympics, like 
America, I saw a TikTok the other day. There's a really, there's a really good t- and a hockey TikTok. I can't remember what his name is. And uh, he was talking about how it's wild that they don't prioritize the Olympics when for two weeks, the sports world, everyone only talks about hockey in the Olympics because it's the Winter Olympics. And the Winter Olympics is obviously not that big of a deal because for whatever reason, the sports in many countries just don't resonate as much. And it literally just becomes two weeks of major hockey coverage, even in countries like the U.S. Because Americans love when they're good. Their men's hockey team has a shot at meddling every time. And like hockey becomes the center of the sports world because uh, the NFL is over. Um, college basketball the, hasn't fully kicked in yet. And it's the regular season in the NBA. Like, no one cares. So like you really do get two weeks where it's like, this is just hockey. That doesn't happen at any other time. It doesn't happen when it's the playoffs. It doesn't even ha- like it doesn't happen even uh, when they do winter classic games and it's January 1st because there's major college bowl games. Like it's literally the only time that hockey has the opportunity to be the main thing on the calendar. And they sometimes just don't care about it. It, I, it makes no sense to me. Not even just that, like not even just the Olympics. They did the World Cup of Hockey and say like, say what you want about that tournament, but they can't even get that sorted. Like it's a hassle to get any type of international stuff from NHL players. Like it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. The, the argument used to always be that the reason they didn't like the Olympics is because as always, Gary only cares about money and they made no direct money off of the Olympics. So he didn't, it was hard for him to see the value in it. And it made him, less likely to want to go because he didn't want to up adjust the schedule around something they didn't make direct money off. Like you can find all the quotes as to why they didn't go in 2018. And uh, that was the pitch of the world cup was like, it's an NHL run event. That's why there was those weird ass teams like the under 23 team and the <laughs> random Europeans team, because they didn't, because they wanted to have as many NHL players there as possible. And they didn't want like a team Slovakia who was like 14 guys from the KHL uh, in the tournament when they could just have a team full of random players like Alonze Kopitar from Slovenia. And uh, Mark, but like, how'd they only do that once? Like, it's wild. Even, even their argument for the direct money thing still hasn't gotten us consistent in uh, international tournaments. Do you guys remember the hype around that team, North America, too? Like, remember, like, before Matthews had, had put on a Leafs jersey, he was already a star because of that tournament. Like, it, it was fun. It was still kind of dumb that it was Team Europe and it was a best two out of three series for the, for the, for the Cup. It was, it was silly, but, like, there was still hype. Like, I went to the game that they, they clinched in, right? And, like, you still had the – there's just something magical about, like, I cheered for a Brad Marchand goal. It feels dirty, but it's just like there's that Canadian pride, right? And they just they keep missing out, especially like for years. It's been like they want to tap into the Asian market, and you know, Pyeongchang is pretty important, guys. I have two. You want? Sorry. No, no, go go ahead, Dan. Sorry, Um, sorry. No worries. Um, so just the one thing on the team North America. I just have one joke with that. There was a meme before where it's like the country of under twenty three. And then they're like, Taylor Hall, you just turned 24. You have been banished from this country. You've been sent to the shadow realm. You're done. <laughs> but yeah, the second thing too is like, I agree with Will in terms of that revenue argument that 
it did feel like a slap in the face in 2018 when you get what has become all-star weekend for the nhl and that was that was what we were given before be, instead of the olympics and like just the potential that there was there like i remember steven stamkos when he mentioned that the opportunity that he had in 2014 and how he tried to force himself onto the team even though his leg was still broken and he was looking to towards 2018 and trying to you know salvage something and like he's a guy now too that even in our predictions of what is the olympic team going to look like that some of our list didn't even have him there and i just think of that type of thing where the way the injuries have been the way like the longevity has been with some of these careers that these these guys like they actually want to play like i know that like when will brings up the basketball one like it's it's always a shuffle like we had keldon johnson on the like the us olympic team where you know you're not going to have that for team canada and and the other thing that's really cool cuz like the big difference between like you're saying with the basketball is like it's actually competitive like it's not a guarantee Canada wins. It might be when that 2014 team shows up. Cause I think that was the best hockey team ever assembled. That 2014 team was absolutely unbelievable. And I don't think people give it enough credit, but uh, anyway, um, it's not a guarantee. Like I, like everyone thinks of like 2010, like I remember when they lost to the U S and it was like, Oh crap, <laughs> they have to go through Russia and then potentially Sweden and then the Americans in the final, like there's no way they're going to do that. And then they've rolled Russia and it was like Sweden and then Sweden got upset. And uh, all of a sudden there they were in the gold medal game and the rest is history. But like the fact that we got like the magic of that tournament, not knowing who was going to win. It's not like the, it's not like the basketball where like the Americans are like minus five, minus 500 favorites and everyone else is like plus like whatever like it's not even a real it's basically uh them or the field and you would still take them and not even think about it like there's real teams like i i want i want to see team russia play like i want i want to see what the russians would look like with a real goalie now that they have vasilevsky because that was like their one hole i want to see like i want to see the americans like i think it'd be really cool to see austin matthews playing with a bunch of other like with patrick kane like what else are we going to see that and uh, it's it's always really annoying because you see these unbelievable European soccer uh, turn. Like we just saw the Euros. Like how cool is it seeing all these stars of the Premier League? They're all playing together for one thing. Like you got guys from Tottenham, United, Chelsea. They're all literally on the same team trying to win one thing together. And uh, it's special. And the NHL for one, whatever reason has never been able to able to figure this out. And it makes no sense to me or really any, I don't know. I've yet to hear anyone who's ever given the pro NHL anti-Olympics take like no one's ever given the, you know, I, I totally get it. I'm glad we don't, I'm glad we don't take the two weeks off. <laughs> I love the all-star game. Like where, like who would, no one has that take. Like I, that's the other thing that's weird. It's seems like everyone's in a hundred percent agreement. This should happen. And it's still an, up in the air every Olympics. Well, there's 32 people who have that take. Uh, and that's the owners. Cause they don't want to pay the insurance that that's the only legitimate argument someone can have. Like there's no, there's no argument against going to the Olympics and Adam brought up uh, expanding or growing your influence in Asia. Like the KHL has already started, right? The KHL has one team in China. 
the CWHL, when they were around, had a team in China. Like everyone else is doing stuff except the NHL. Like I think, wasn't it Wayne Gretzky? They made Gretzky like an ambassador in China. Like this was like three years ago. Really? Yeah. I'll, let me go find the official title. But like it was some ridiculous thing that they, they threw him in there. And then no one's heard about it since. Yeah, it's very vague. Well, especially now that, you know, he's going to ESPN. Like, well, what's he, what's he doing here? Is okay. I'm, I want to sort of transition here because if, if beside the lockouts, uh, besides the Olympics, I think it's, it's, it's also very fair to say whenever criticizing Gary Bettman, some of the cities that have NHL teams, the markets, I should say, have been very questionable. Um, it took a while for Nashville to start working. And there's an argument, is it still working? Um, but I don't think there is a question about more of a team than the Arizona Coyotes, uh, formerly the Phoenix Coyotes, Winnipeg Jets before that. So uh, the city of Glendale has um, kicked them out. The Arizona Coyotes do not have a place to play uh, for the 2022-2023 season. Uh, and apparently this is very much uh, the door is closed. I was reading an article and I, I, for the life of me, I'm sorry, I couldn't find it today. It was this like city council vote a couple years ago to keep the coyotes. And at the time, one of like this investment group wanted to bring them to Seattle and the vote to keep the coyotes won by a single vote. I think it was, I can't find it. I can't remember what side of who the author was. I remember that. But it was it. You're, it, you're not making that up. That definitely happened. I remember that. So, and then all these years later, um, it doesn't look great here. Now, here's what's kind of awful about this. If anyone thinks the Coyotes are going anywhere, it's not happening. Um, besides ignoring Gary for a second, by the way, uh, Alex Morello, the Morello Group. Obviously, there was that great article from Katie Strang earlier in the year talking about what it's exactly been like. Oh, sorry, something else I should have probably mentioned here. Uh, a big part. Um, about this is uh, apparently the Coyotes owe some money to the arena and there was a promise to start being uh, on time with their payments, which did not happen. Apparently I'm going to read some experts from this um, Katie Strang article, a new one uh, in a second here. But the big problem is um, regarding in arena gambling and some stuff to do with some groups in, in Vegas and in Arizona, the Morello group aren't moving the team because they want that extra revenue. Not to mention Gary Bettman's not going to move the team. He has been married to Arizona for so long now. And I don't think anyone really understands why, Will. As someone who played two hockey tournaments in Phoenix, I, I swear to God, I'm not, that's not, I'm not making that up. I went to the President's Day tournament two years in a row in Phoenix. It is, it is very difficult to find a place where you feel hockey less than in Phoenix, unless you were like literally in the rink, you like, there was no way there was like no presence at all. Like, it's not like you're walking down the street and you see someone wearing like a coyotes hat. Like that, like, that never happened. Like that team, like that team did not exist there. Like it was, it was bizarre. And I, I, I will push back on you for uh, one thing. Uh, for the argument of them staying, I think they actually could leave, mm -hmm. but they're not going to go to Quebec where they should go. No, yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. 
they they would they're gonna the they'd go to Houston. Um, yeah. There's a lot of money in Texas. Uh, Houston has a ready-made arena. They actually have uh, had success with an AHL team there. They actually had decent attendance numbers. There is some semblance of hockey there. Um, with that, uh, the stars aren't a disaster. So there is some proof that Texas can support a team and everyone always quietly mentions Houston and they always come up when talk of new expansion teams and whatever. And so, so I wouldn't be shocked if they did move, but it would be to there. I don't think Kansas city's happening. I've never thought Kansas city was happening. The sprint center has been built for like a decade and everyone always talks about how they have a new arena and no one has any interest in going to Kansas city because Mm -hmm. also it's already almost oversaturated with an MOS, MLB and NFL team. So the idea that they would be able to support an NHL team when no one in Kansas cares at all about hockey is aggressive to me. And I think most people, so if they do move, uh, I think Houston's the option. The one saving grace and the one argument that uh, Phoenix has always had um, and will probably continue to have if they do move and the legacy of that place is the rink is in a ridiculous location. The rink is like essentially like in Mississauga. It's <laughs> so far. It's so far from Phoenix. Like it's actually crazy how far away Glendale is from Phoenix. It's it- in the middle of nowhere. So if they for somehow tried the uh, let's throw them in the NBA arena, there's never been any issues with that. Shout out the Islanders. Um and but we're actually downtown because Phoenix because the Suns Arena is right downtown. Then like maybe they'd have a shot. But let's be honest here: how many times do we have to keep trying this to find out that no one cares about hockey in Arizona? Yeah. Uh, and and by the way, to 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 further support your Houston thing, uh, there is a Forbes article I was reading from Kara Schram, uh, and in there she she mentioned obviously. Quebec is putting in like an application for expansion and the Houston apparently before has put in a request for an NHL team. Oh yeah. Houston's like known that they want an NHL team. They're like, they're the one major city now that LA has an NFL team that doesn't have a team in every sport. Like they, uh, like Houston's a massive city and like every other massive city in the U S Miami, uh, LA, Chicago, New York, Seattle, soon maybe we'll see. Um, all of them have Dallas. All of them have a team in the major four sports leagues, except for Houston. They're like the one left now. So I think that's probably part of it is uh, they want to, they feel like they can support it. And uh, we'll see if it, I'm sure, let's be honest here. It's going to happen eventually. <laughs> Yeah. Why? Why are we? They're it's they're gonna they're gonna get a team. Yeah. Let's be real here. It's, and it's yeah. gonna be Arizona. Like there, there's no other team. Well, the uh, the either that or they'll expand. They're. Oh, this gets it's Arizona rough. makes sense if they move too because it keeps them in the Central Division. Which, I mean, it, they've been trying to balance out the divisions for so long now. Um, what's kind of interesting about this as well is um. Let me just try and quickly find right. it. So they That was the other thing I forgot to mention is why Houston makes sense is they could just put them they could literally stay in the same division and mm-hmm. uh, that's like the main argument. The only real argument against Quebec is no one knows what the heck 
they would do with the divisions because Columbus and Detroit effectively sold their souls to get in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> and uh, if they uh, had to force one of them back, that'd be a hilarious situation. So uh, that's probably the biggest and best argument Houston has is you don't have to realign the league again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently Arizona are looking towards maybe going to Tempe. Uh, however, apparently um, somebody sent an article and it was the Katie Straying article uh, to a member of the Tempe Council. This would have been Laura Kuby is who uh, got it. And, and apparently the reception to that was, well, thank you for this information. Um, so it's, it's, putting, it's, putting, it's not putting like it in great. Tempe would be like saying, hey, Mississauga didn't work. Let's put it in Richmond Hill. It's like, okay, <laughs> it's, we, we're not doing anything different. It's the exact same thing. I'm pretty sure Richmond Hill would do better than Phoenix. I know. But, like, but, I'm, like, I'm sure. But what I'm saying is, like, the ar- the argument yeah. in Phoenix has always been, like, hey, if you give us, like, a downtown location, like, we'll be better. It's like Tempe is also a suburb of Phoenix. Uh, I'm pretty I, sure it's in ASU. Yeah, in, that's, uh, where, that's, where, that's where ASU is. Right. So I, I bet ASU would have better attendance, like, than the Coyotes. Like, it, it's ridiculous. No the, one cares. The whole the hole in their argument has always been with the Glendale thing is it's literally on the same property of land that the Cardinal Stadium is in, and the Cardinals do not struggle to draw audiences. So uh, I'm I've always been curious with the hey we can't draw people here because of our location, even though we're 25 feet from the NFL team that brings 70,000 people here eight, eight times a year, like if people cared, they would show up, man. Like, I hate to break it to you guys. Like, that's why it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And they just keep rolling in new owners. And like, yeah, this one, we'll try. Let's try this. And it just doesn't work. Nothing seems, I don't know any other uh, sports team who has this much just st- stupidity with their ownership. Like just time and time and time. The Rays. Again. The race, the race, the race, and this and the sense, but like sends, it's the same guy. Yeah, because um, like or- I guess like Will would understand this, but because I know the the Sacramento Kings make pretty stupid moves as well, but like they at least have a fan base, right? That, that's the 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 biggest difference is the Kings have like actually diehard fans. Like no, like who's it? Like have you ever met a Coyotes fan? Like no, no, no. Like the like no like no one's a Coyotes fan. Like the Kings actually have a real fan base. That's part of like the crazy thing about the Kings and why they can't get it to work is like their arena was notorious for being one of the loudest in the league when they were good. Like it's not it's not like Arizona where they're in the playoffs and the conference finals against Chicago and it's twenty bucks to get in. <laughs> like I remember I. I not even a, like before they had made the playoffs. I had seen people in Ontario with Vegas gear before. I and to this day, like you joke about not seeing anyone with a, a Coyotes hat in Arizona. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, not even not in Ontario either. Where we're uh, well, well, that's why the, that's why Houston's going to get a team because the expansion thing works. Like for whatever reason, people people like expansion teams. Who knows why? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I've already seen a bunch of people who are like, yo, I'm a Kraken fan. Yo, those jerseys are so clean though. I know, but like, no, I, I guarantee when people, when the jets moved to Phoenix, no one was like, I'm a, I'm a coyotes fan now. Like, like it's, it's weird. People like expansion teams. 
By the way, I know we say this every once in a while. Give the Jets their records back, please. Don't like go away. Lion doesn't dumb, have the. That's the dumbest thing. Like the uh, like uh, Oklahoma City uh, relocated uh, from Seattle in the NBA, and they still have Gary Payton's jersey retired in OKC. It's like this is like, and they have the banner. And it's like, like you, <laughs> the hell is this? You guys did not win. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's. Uh, it's so weird. I don't know why they. I don't know why they do that. Like, it's dumb, man. I feel I, I, I. It's wild to me that Quebec City doesn't have a team. Like we, like I don't know if you guys want to talk about this now, but the Quebec, the Quebec, the Quebec City thing is just. It's mind blowing to me. They literally have done everything right, and the NHL is still like, does any other American city want a team? Like, does literally anybody else want one? Like Seattle's like, I guess, and they're like, cool. Have fun, Seattle. We'll give you an NHL team. And Quebec City's like, our rink's better, and we have a guaranteed fan base. And they're like, but an American team said it. And it's yeah. like, who? Because <laughs> <laughs> Gary Berman hates Canada. It, I I got – I got, so this this TikToker, the same guy said I have to get a take about the Olympics. He said uh, they shouldn't move to Quebec City because Quebec City already failed. And it was like Atlanta failed. They got another team. Yeah. Uh, Denver failed. Does anyone remember the Rockies? Like that team, that like, <laughs> that that team had a nasty jersey. The pre-New Jersey, Colorado franchise. Look look up their jersey. Uh, they got another team. Like you can go. Th- uh, California got another team. Like the Golden Seals played in Northern California. Guess where San Jose plays? Northern California. Like Winnipeg got a team back. Got their team back. It's going great. Like <laughs> it's so, it's so stupid. The argument that Quebec City had a team and it didn't work like the reason it didn't work is because the canadian economy was a complete disaster in the 90s and that every team in canada almost left except for the leafs and uh habs like it was a complete nightmare and uh that's why winnipeg and quebec city left that's the only reason uh the they couldn't afford it it had nothing to do and now winnipeg has their team back and it's going great <laughs> it makes no sense to me that not to mention it, it, it like it. Batman doesn't have a lot of hair to begin with, but like it, it was like hair pullingly frustrating for him to go back to Winnipeg. But what helps with Winnipeg at least is is their their ownership group is something like the top fifty richest in the world or something. It it's like that's what Quebec City seems to need just for Batman to go there, and it's okay. ridiculous. Like if you can get you can get secure ownership there, but again, it goes back to like, but you just keep giving Arizona a chance when it's just. I don't get it, especially with just how rich hockey is in Quebec, too. It doesn't make any sense that you wouldn't go back there. I saw someone argue that you can't give Quebec a team because it would impact the Habs uh, fan base and the Habs wouldn't want it. I was like, are you on Quebec City? Does Quebec City hates Montreal, man. Like they they the want their Quebec own, does. Yeah, they want their own team, man. Like you like just you've never you don't know anything about Quebec. Like you're have an instant rivalry that would be one of the best in the league that a lot of people don't know about. Like that it's wild. And uh, I brought it up on my Twitter thread. Uh, The MLB has basically straight up said to the city of Montreal, if you guys build a stadium, we will give you an MLB team. Like we will do it. And the city of Montreal is like, nah, man, give us the team first and then we'll build the stadium. And they're like, no, build it first. And Seattle is the same way in the NBA. They're like, if you build an arena, we will give you a team. And Seattle's always been like, no, give us a team and we'll build the arena. 
Quebec City built the arena. They have a 19,000 seat beautiful arena. It's literally not what it, it would be immediately one of the 10 nicest arenas in the NHL the day they, they, the day they opened. And still nothing. Like, it's crazy. They did everything right. And even still, when expansion comes up, there's never anyone being like, you know, it would be a good idea. Let's go to Quebec. Like, no one ever. It's wild. I don't understand it at all. It's what the Ramparts play there right now. Yeah, that's that's the that's who played there. There's a Q team, and they get like uh, fifteen thousand a night because there's nothing to do in Quebec City in the winter, obviously, because they need an NHL team. It's ridiculous. I, they don't I, even have a CFL team. Like it's like there's nothing to do there. Like <laughs> I, I don't see how they how the NHL watches what just unfolded with the Canadian division in terms of like the the engagement numbers like Sportsnet, And I think I, we brought it up on the show too. When Sportsnet and TSN released their numbers about the Canadian division, like it was just ridiculous amounts more than what it would be on a previous year. But there's still this, this obsession with growing in the U S like he, you got your TV deal. Like this is what we were waiting. We were waiting for you got your TV deal. Like it's so annoying. It's like you know where you where it works, and you refuse to do it. Well, the the problem with Gary has always been, and will always be, he cares more about growing the league than the sport, and which is why he consistently makes so many short sighted decisions. Like the best example that I would use to explain that is like, why does the WNBA exist? They don't make money. Like. They're starting to do better now, but for years they made no money. Like yeah. from a business sense, there was no reason for them to exist, but, but they existed because David Stern wanted to grow the game of basketball and saw in the long-term future, if he got more women wanting to play basketball to play in the WNBA, they'd become NBA fans and they would make more money. But the NHL, they do everything short-sighted. They're like, let's put an NHL team in this city so we can expand our TV deal. Let's put one here so we can, and it's like, do they do any market research on any of these teams working? Like you can make a strong case that they're like, over other than like, uh, it's going okay, I guess in Tampa, but that's only cause they're really good. Like, yeah. f- like Florida is a disaster. Carolina is a hit and miss depending on if they're good or not. Same with Nashville, Dallas, that's like half the teams in the U S mm-hmm. yeah. Like the only, the only, the only team in the South that like consistently draws well has been San Jose for some reason. For what? Maybe that's because done pretty well. What's that? Are you Minnesota's done pretty well too? Well, Minnesota's that's a hockey market. The old Anaheim. Why did I say Anaheim? I was about to do an Mighty Ducks joke, but I completely called it. Anaheim is one is is exactly like Tampa where they look like it's going well but it's only looks like it's going well when they're good. And the best example of that was uh I remember the Flames played the Habs in the or the Flames played the Ducks in the second round in 2015. It was the year after they beat Vancouver. And uh it was the year they beat Vancouver in the first round. Uh yeah, I think it was 2015. Uh, it was good Joe's rookie year. And um they, uh, it was cheaper to fly to Anaheim 
go to the game in Anaheim and fly back than it was to go to the game in Calgary because it was like 30 bucks to go to the uh, second round playoff game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, there's like there's a strong case that they're over unless the teams are good because it's not like they're selling out. Even LA, LA, LA does okay, but like, I don't know. Like, is it how many people are actually Kings fans? Like, when I went to LA, they were playing the Leafs. The section I was in that I went when I went, all Leaf fans. Yeah, all Leaf fans. But to be fair, that, that happens with most of the Canadian teams. But like, yeah, the yeah. Kings are like a like if you watch a Kings game, you know this that from like 2012, 2014, it's obviously a lot emptier in that arena now. I wonder why. Well, the the one that I'm really interested to see is Vegas. Because Vegas yeah. has obviously worked so far, and that's why they expanded again, because Vegas worked. But the thing about Vegas and why it worked. A lot of it is because a they were good right away, and b there was no real competition in the city. Like they they were the yeah. first real pro sports team there, other than the WNBA. And uh, so I'm, but like as it goes, it's very clear that the MLB is going to put a uh, team in Vegas in the next five years, mm-hmm. and the NBA is probably going to put a team in the in Vegas in the next ten years. Like it's it's coming because Vegas prints money. And as you mentioned, as the gambling industry increases, the NBA is very in on gambling right now. Um, there's going to be a team there pretty soon. And I'm very curious to see what happens when this undersaturated market finally got a team they could hold on to in the Golden Knights. What will happen if a sports that are infinitely more popular there uh, come? Like if an NBA team shows up, basketball is huge in, in Nevada. Um, if I, like even with now with the Raiders, how much is that going to impact them? I'm really curious to see because that's been the that's been the rub in most of these other cities is that for whatever reason people just haven't gravitated to hockey in the way that they thought they would, and yet we keep trying this <laughs> yeah. over and over again, man. It's wild. It's wild. Like Alex, you mentioned, it's wild. Like they just do, they do not for whatever reason ever accept when they're wrong. By the way, that point you, you I think you said it was Gary more focused on growing the league than the game is uh I've never heard him described quite as well as that in his act. Very spot on. I, so well I'm, done. I I'm st- I still don't think he likes hockey. I'm, no, I'm I, 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 baseball executive I, first. Basketball, basketball. Basketball. I, basketball. I'd be really mm-hmm. curious to know how much he's properly grown the league in terms of team valuations if you take into account inflation. And the natural growth of the other leagues. Right, right. Like, like how much he actually did. Like, I, I think we sometimes forget that one of Gary's first priorities is the owners. Like, he essentially works for the owners, if you, if you kind of break it down a little. That's, it's not essentially. That's his entire job. Like, that's his job. It's it, Right. <laughs> like, it's his, it's his job. And you, you look at how he's – like – NHL owners are clearly very cheap and, and have only interest in the league, but they're not even growing it. Like, sure. Yeah. Great. We have 32 teams now. Do we, can this league properly support 32 teams? I, I I don't think so. Like I really don't. Well, the dirty secret is NHL teams don't actually make that much money. 
Oh yeah, like there's, so, it's ridiculous. Almost, I, I'll never forget the hockey news ran a, uh, basically, the new Tampa owners who took over in like 2011, 12 ish, like they were new. Uh, it was right before they got good when they were in the rebuild. Like Stamkos was really young, and uh, they let the hockey news do like an exclusive uh, look at the franchise. And they just straight up admit, like, yeah, we make no money. Like, we actually take a loss every year. The only reason we do this is because we want to own a pro sports team. Like, that's yeah. literally why we do it. Um, we're not doing this to make money because we don't. <laughs> and it was, like, eye-opening because the whole – you've always been told that these pro sports teams print money. And when you grow up in a Canadian city and, like, look at the NHL teams, it's – the Leafs print money, obviously. But these American teams in these – uh especially in these smaller markets like Tampa, like they do, they don't make money that Tampa might be doing like Tampa might be in the green now that they're good and they sell a decent amount of merch. But if they're, if those teams aren't really good, then they, they lose money every year. There was the report. I think it's that Forbes does every year where they yeah. do the franchise values. So in the 2019 one, eight NHL teams were losing money. And one of them was Canadian, and that was Winnipeg. The rest of them were American. The Islanders, who went to the conference finals, were losing money. Yeah, the Islanders notoriously don't make any money. Part of that is because it's really, really hard to make money in pro sports when your arena sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Because you have to spend extra money funding it, and you get less press boxes, uh, you get less uh, seats that – uh, companies can buy that are immediate major dollars. Like it's, it's really, it's really, really difficult. That's why these teams work so hard to get new arenas because it's really difficult when your arena sucks to make money. Mm-hmm. Again, another reason why Quebec City should have a team and uh, the Islanders because of Nassau have like our entire lives lost money. Like, <laughs> like every year, it's it's crazy. Like you wouldn't, you would think that a team in New York would print money, but they do. They are in rough. They've been in rough shape. Same with New Jersey. They they don't do that well. The only American teams that legitimately do really well. Uh, Detroit has always done well. Uh, Chicago does really well. I think Boston's um, always yeah, always been Bo- in the top. Yeah, Boston does, and the Rangers. The Rangers are ridiculous. Do really really well. Um, Philly is usually Philly usually does well. Notice how they're all in the north. Um, yeah. <laughs> none, of are, none, none of them are the Sun Belt teams. Uh, I wonder why. Um, but yeah, like Gary must be loving that Tampa repeated. Like, I like oh, he must have the yeah, biggest grin on it. his face. And he was fired. He was he he was fired <laughs> up watching Tampa. <laughs> he wanted he, to join the celebrations. That's, he, that's how excited he was. Yeah, like you know, he gets a special joy, especially when they take down a Canadian team. Yeah. yeah, like in 04, he was probably just fired up. He's like, "Let's." That's probably why. That's probably why the lockout happened because he was probably celebrating for a <laughs> month and he forgot to negotiate. <laughs> One of my Sun Belt teams did it. Let's go. They all said I was wrong. <laughs> we took 15 years. Oh man, we did it. Let's go, Gary. We, uh, Gary, the uh, the contract ran out of the Players Association. Yeah, but Tampa won the Cub, man. Let's go. Well, who cares? Who cares about the Players Association? 
Yeah, like seriously, like the, I, I, I would not even be surprised if he was just watching the games, like ch- full on cheering for the American teams. Like, let's be real here. Why would, why wouldn't he? All their money is in the American TV deal. They make money in Canada regardless. Like he gives, he doesn't care how can how Canada does. Like they don't care. Like you're mentioning, like they don't care about the Canadian TV ratings. No, oh, clearly like, not. Like why, why would they care? They're, they're, they're always good. And when the TV deal runs out, uh, Rogers and Bell are going to fight for it again. And it's going to be a way more money than it should be because yeah. they're both going to keep offering way too much. And then they're both going to cut half their staff. Like there's just, Alex, no, like, no, just Alex, no. like, it's just, that's already what happened the first time. Like, so we're just going to see it again. Yeah. Except Bell's probably going to win this one because <laughs> Because Bell, they already cut the half their staff, right? Yeah. Oh, so it's, Alex. <laughs> it's just the reality. And and they had record high profits. Shout out to them. Yeah, shout <laughs> shout out to Bell for having it uh for killing it during the pandemic and then firing a thousand <laughs> people the day the, on the day of Bell Let's Talk. I think we what need to joke. we need we need to cut this part out. <laughs> I, I think we gotta cut this part <laughs> out. Um Anyway, God, if Mike was here right now, I don't even want to know where this this could go. Um, what time is it's? Oh my God, it's three thirty. Okay, wow. Um, I did not realize we were going that long. Okay, um, quickly, because oh, oh oh boy oh boy, I thought we were gonna have Will for like we got this in like thirty minutes, and then we nope. were gonna get talk about the other stuff we had on the docket. Um, we're gonna be here for a while. Um, but we'll we'll finish off our time with Will today talking about the, um, the annual um, Dom decisions is great stuff in the athletic, the 2021 NHL front office rankings. One thing I forgot to mention, um, and all this Arizona stuff, by the way, Katie Strang, once again, um, she's a legend. Oh, yeah. this, this the, NHL is, the NHL is so lucky to have her. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. I don't know why she covers the NHL. Like she should be doing something else. So she has a really good article talking about all of like this Arizona moving stuff. Uh, go check that out. Like again, her, her, her article in the summer, this, the work that her and Lazarus and someone else did on the Chicago stuff. I love how her uh, beat is basically just like things that are going wrong in the NHL. Expose <laughs> how crappy NHL teams are. Like, that's literally just her beat. Yeah. Um, but anyway, cover so, anything else? Them and, her and Rick Westhead just. Yeah. So what is know, bad like, about the NHL? <laughs> Um, yeah. All right, so Dom decisions. Go cover it. <laughs> oh yeah, is that news about how like someone can go after the league for and anyway? Anyway, there's a Rick. Right, go follow Rick Westell on Twitter, people. What a great follow, great reporter. Um, okay, so guys, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, fans of of certain teams and that can go in um, the way Dom does it is he splits it into two different categories, public opinion and fan base. And from there, you vote on uh, roster building, cap management, draft and developing, uh, trading, free agency, and vision. And he ranks all 32 NHL teams. I love Can, vision. Hmm? I love vision, ranking teams on their vision. I, I know. It's, <laughs> it's Like, if you win the cup, like, vision should be like, okay, you, okay you're good. Right, like it's it's kind of weird. Like, what exactly? I, I think vision should be vision is the one where you can like fairly rate the teams on the fact that like there's at least ten teams that legitimately do not try to win the cup ever. Shout out Ottawa. Um, <laughs> they like legitimately don't like their 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 goal is like make the playoffs, and if they win it, they're excited about it. But like, 
they're also not trying to win it either. They're just like trying to make money, and that's literally it. Well, they're <laughs> supposed to be up up to the cap by now, so we're, we're getting there. We're almost there. Um, oh yeah, back when it was like in these couple of years, we're going to spend to the cap and be amazing. Remember, Bobby Ryan was still on that team back then. Well, we're not going to go through every team because obviously time that and go read stuff. Go read articles. The Athletic. I think they're having a fifty percent off sale right now, actually. So I'm promoted out. by them, that statement. Well, because they're good. <laughs> like, they're just really good. Strang, Russo, there's just some, like, the athletic is, is so wicked for hockey. And they're just in general, the athletic is, is great. Absolutely great. I don't see enough Formula One stuff, so get on there. Even though the race today was awful. Because there wasn't a race. <laughs> We're going to award points anyway, because again, Russell P2, though, you love to see it. Okay. I, can anyone guess who number one are on the team? The Arizona oh, sorry, no, Coyotes. No, not where this Seattle is. Seattle Kraken. This is not reverse order. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay. It's yeah, it's the Tampa yeah, Bay yeah, Lightning. Okay. I don't think we really need to go into that. I'm giving Arizona an A for their vision right now. I think they. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, what they're doing. <laughs> Will they're saving money on paper towels? They're really happy about it. <laughs> their vision is on point right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a weird one here. Number three. This is a bit controversial. Detroit. And I feel like that's just because it's Steve Eiserman. Right. I love yeah. that for them. Sorry? I love that for them. What? That they are currently the third highest thought of team in the entire league? Talk about building equity. Like, okay, I get Like, what would they have to do to not be a top 10 man Like, at this point? Their fan base have rated their vision higher than Tampa Bay. I respect that. That's, I just yeah, it's a Steve Eiserman. Yeah, what it is. It's just like cat management at like near a near perfect score when it's like what has like all Eiserman had to do was buy out contracts. It's just really weird. Detroit are like above like Vegas and Florida and all that. It's just really really weird to me as all. By the way, um, another team, the Jets. I think. Definitely last year, I think a lot of people kind of question, like, what are they doing here? They're up to sixth. If you want to know, by the way, free agency apparently was their worst rating, which I don't really get. Good for them, man. They're another one like Ottawa. Like, they're not really trying to win it. They're just trying to make money. I'm I'm dead serious. Like, they're just trying to be okay. And uh, they're, they're doing it. Like, they're good every year. I would sign up to be good every year. The flames, the flames. It would be great if the flames were good every year. Um, it's okay, Will. You're, <laughs> you you appreciate two mediocre Canadian hockey teams, and we respect you for mediocre it. Mediocre is really generous. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, Will. It's all right. Uh, at nine is uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. So wow. what's really funny, the way this graphic goes, if it's good, it's blue. If it's bad, it's red. If it's meh. It's white. Um, everything is at least meh, except free agency, which is in the red. Obviously, they lost Dougie Hamilton. Uh, we also would have one of their goaltending, and they signed Tony D'Angelo. Locker room guy. Yeah, Rod, Rod Brindamore is going to fix it, Will. Don't worry. Ridiculous. He's going to help grow the fan base in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why he's Yeah, Why do you think he's there? We're all, I don't gonna know. Get, we're all gonna get nasty texts from Mike after this show. <laughs> after I can't, wait, I can't wait for Tony D'Angelo's first storm season. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, all right. Let's let's just keep the ball rolling from there. Um, number eleven. This team's only bad sort of quality right now is from a public perception, at least. Cap management and free agency. I wonder why it's the Minnesota Wild. Oh. Uh, people do not appreciate those Parise and Suter buyouts, apparently. Yeah, it'll only leave them with like fourteen million dollars in dead cap in a couple of years. So Capersov's yeah. going really well too. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 amazing. God, when's the caller? He's gonna go play in the KHL. <laughs> like, what is it? You imagine that? Like, here's a really interesting team at twelve is Vegas. That's because their lowest point is drafting and developing, and I kind of stop and I'm like, who was the last Everybody. player? Yeah, who was the last player they drafted who made the team? Cody because Glass. Cody Glass is gone. Oh, getting Krebs. Nick he Suzuki like two games, right? Nasty pit, yeah. Like Nick is Haig still around? Like you know what I mean? Like you. <laughs> we Black, Jack we Eichel is boarding a plane headed for Montreal. I don't know why, but pure coincidence. That's from Ellie Free. Oh no, he retweeted Eric Angles. I'm not gonna I'm, overthink that, guys. I'm a, I'm a I'm a big I'm a big fan of the expansion team that's already old and all in. <laughs> yeah, literally, exist. literally getting rid of every prospect because <laughs> i don't want to be that guy but eichel's heading to montreal and apparently he's hockey six with him this hijacked the show oh i swear i swear live reaction <laughs> yeah. you should have seen it when when we caught my reaction when jake allen got signed i was hyped man and i remember also when when matthew perot was signed and the lads were my, like big my, news adam montreal, <laughs> montreal <laughs> Montreal Juniors legend Jake Allen. Yes. Yeah, man. Or deep analysis on Gianni Fairbrother. Oh, God, yeah. Jake you Allen was an awful World Junior goalie. I don't know. He doesn't get enough credit for how bad he was in the World Juniors. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. Um, who else? Who's a note here? Um, 17th is the Montreal Canadiens. That feels perfect. See, yeah. you know what's, what's a shame is this could have been so much higher. But then, and the big problem apparently from fan reaction, obviously the Logan Mayu stuff tanked it. So, for example, like you guys know, myself and my mom have season tickets, right? I still have mine, but my my mom gave them up because of the Mayu stuff. And the only thing they could say to her was "sorry for the inconvenience." Oh, which is like okay. So you know, sorry the organization the is um, sorry for the inconvenience. We just, will gladly sell these to someone else. Yeah, just like Mitchell Miller. Sorry, that's like a TTC delay right there. Yeah. So you know, this is what happened to Mitchell Miller. Like, what? Uh, who, um, funny enough, um, another was, another Coyote, Coyotes legend, Mitchell Miller. His, his USHL team, the, the the Tri City one, the one he played for his draft year, has just resigned him actually. So he's he's gonna play hockey again. Yeah. I was like, did that guy, like, what happened to him? He was gone for a year, but he's going back to his old team. So it looks like waves are going. Um, right under the Montreal Canadiens are the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's uh, low. Is it? Yeah, because you, it's so a big problem here seems to be cat management. Um, I think yeah. if there was. That's just Rich Marner. That's yeah. everyone who hates <laughs> yeah. Rich Marner. Been, they, they, they are not the 18th best. Like, they're a perennial playoff team. Like, like that's dumb. What, that's that, that's a them being 18 is a prime example of like your market impacting your perception in the league because they have a huge fan base and the fan base hates their team because they never live up to expect like 
like how there there has to be at least five teams ahead of them that it makes no sense. Like there's there's no way they're the 18th best front office. They're literally always they they're always in the playoffs and they had the best team in Canada last year in by a mile. Well, if if there was just like it's weird if there was a category you'd give them red in if it was like playoff expectations you're like I get that. But it's just like, I, I don't know what it is. It's funny enough. You know, Will, Tetsu go against you there. Um, the fan base rating is higher than the public one. I think that's what's really dragged them down. And some of the con- like the stuff here is, I'm confident with Dubis, but with the flat cap, it seems like that's really kind of ruined them. It's very strange. They shouldn't be that low. They're, they're still going to make the playoffs, though, like you mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. Like So then, like, how are they 18th? Like, it's makes no sense. Like, is, I, like, is Florida ahead of them? Yes, Florida yeah, are at the uh, top like, 10. Why, like, why is Florida ahead of them? Because um, people like Zito, he's done a decent job. But it's, um, and you know. Yeah, Bobrovsky's contract looks really good. Yeah, but that, that mean, wasn't Zito, right? Awesome. Like, their, their cat man is great. It was the vision. <laughs> well, vision. No, hold on, hold on. Because like, it's year to year, right? Yeah. Like, you know, let's, let's be fair here, right? Zito is working around that, like. He was the one that like, he got rid of Strowman. Like he he had the balls to like to deal with the Yandel stuff. I know, I, but, I know, but but what I'm saying is like, if your argument against the Leafs cap situation is Marner, like Marner, what, what was he like top five in points last year in the league? Like he was that's, fourth, yeah. like that's your that's your negative on the cap. You have yes. two Apparently. of the top five scorers in the league. Like what? <laughs> it's stupid, man. Like you. Well, th- then again, I think that goes to your your point of yeah. It's just it's just. I think it's because you had to have a minimum amount of votes. So I think because of maybe like the sheer number of Leafs fans, maybe it, it just, I, I don't know. You know minimum like, amount. It's a weird argument. It just makes you, yeah, there has to be like at least 2,000 or something. Because obviously, yeah, you got to struggle to get the, the Coyotes in there, right? <laughs> but, you know, it, again, it just, Florida. it doesn't make sense, right? Like, it, it, it's weird. Um, the Kraken are 19th. What's that, really that's wild. Like, wow, how does that make any sense? Okay, I'm gonna show you guys. Um, I'm just gonna quickly kind of show you um, what the Coyotes one look. Sorry, what uh, Seattle look like? Do you see it? Yeah. Yeah. So first off, what's what's very strange here is what killed them here is people don't like the trading aspect. So I assume that goes to people don't like that there were no side deals like like Vegas did. You also, what's weird them. is their minimum to the cap, right? And the moves they have made to bring in like Schwartz and, and Grubauer are good. But their cap management is like lower ends four, three point. Like they're good ratings, but like with all that cap space, I don't get how people don't have them in like a point of their cap situation is like the best in the league because it is. Well, like, I think everyone expected them to be Vegas and pull off those side deals and they didn't pull off a single side deal. I think is what what the issue is. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think clearly with the flat cap, cap space is extremely important. But I think there's this public perception that hey, we, they were in Vegas, so automatically that's a failure. Fair enough. Uh, moving on here, uh, we're they're, they're screwed away. this year because of Vegas. Oh, 100%. Like the expectations are going to be. If they're like the tenth best team in the West. That would be like that would make them the second best expansion team of all time. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. But like people would be like, this is a failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty one. I thought this was a little low because I, I really like the steps this team has taken. Maybe it's because of the goalie contract they signed. Uh, Ottawa twenty one. 
it's higher than what they've been, aka like bottom three. But you know, give some credit to the Sens. See, how can they not be higher though? See, you like know, they just hired Pierre Maguire. Can you like explain explain to me how Ottawa is is like what eleven spots behind Detroit? Like, like what's 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 the case in that? Eiserman. They don't have Steve. It doesn't Eiserman. make any sense. Um, just Eric. Like who's, whose future would you rather have? Uh, between Detroit and Ottawa. Yeah, that's a very good question. Apparently not, because they're 11 spots behind. <laughs> Apparently, it's a clearly Detroit. I, I guess not. It's... Sorry, Eric, Ingles had the... Did you see that update already, Adam? Yeah, I saw yeah, it. I the Biosteel uh, bio camp. Okay. I think he should just stay. Well, that crushed... Uh, that, was <laughs> the most obvious, that was the most obvious thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Will, Will, let me dream. Let me be happy. Uh, 23rd. He should like go to a camp in every town, every city. That's like <laughs> Jack Eichel is going to New York to record a commercial. Like, <laughs> hey, listen, listen. Eric Engels knew exactly what he was doing. Friedman retweeted it. Yeah, of course they do. Don't take social media seriously, people. I'm an example of that. Uh, 23rd is the New York Rangers. Uh, they are making a lot of really weird moves. So uh, you're telling me Mike has somehow downgraded in franchise. <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly it. Can we just like just send him that bit of audio? <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, they're like the Goudreau stuff that they go to get Ryan Reeves, getting rid of Pavlovitznevich. Uh, it didn't make sense. The Flames are 24th because who knows? Um, the Blackhawks are 25th. Where is it? Where is Edmonton? We're, we're getting there. We're getting oh, there. My um, oh, my so God. So Chicago <laughs> cap management is bad because of the Seth Jones deal. Yeah. And there's no real way to say it when it comes to these exact figures. But obviously, the Blackhawks stuff and the ongoing saga with the Aldrich situation is very much dragging them in. Uh, 26. So you guys remember, like you Wait, saw. There that- are teams there. Who's, who's behind Chicago? Because that'll just be funny. Like, <laughs> um, It's Anaheim. Good for them. Um, drafting and developing is good. The vision is a 1.7. The vision that. is not good. They're just getting like killed by vision. The 23 to 28 year old. Yeah, I know that window. We, we still don't know where that's going. Trading, trading free agency and vision because they haven't done anything for two years. <laughs> do you know what they should do? Is they should just bring back the old jerseys. What the uh the the actual like good like purple yeah and blue? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's what they should do if they're gonna be terrible bring back the jerseys so the fans will be like yeah let's go we're wearing the jerseys and then all of a sudden they're like wait we won twenty games this year I didn't even realize that so so twenty eight is the Edmonton Oilers I would like to just quickly compare if you want to see a a sort of shrewd look at compared to a fan base's opinion to public opinion um. Roster building is completely down the middle, apparently, according to Oilers fan base. And they are good at drafting and developing when they've just actually traded away two of their youngest defensemen. (laughs) That public opinion is rough. Public public opinion (laughs) is all in red. Like, that's brutal. Yeah. Like, that's just saying no one has anything positive to say about them. And it, it we're, we're not the Canucks. Oh, I forgot about the Canucks. Oh, my gosh. I thought <laughs> um, they would be. Wow. Shout the out only, Scott Dawson. 
The only good Pran thing people have to say about the Canucks is they're drafting and developing, which is very fair. Pran for you, Scott. Every time I see one of Scott Dawson's tweets show up in my feed, I've just, I just I I feel bad. You never know. Uh, those are the Canucks at 29. 30, the Arizona Coyotes. Public opinion on cap management. That's BS. Their vision is 25. <laughs> <laughs> that's, they have a clear vision. <laughs> um, the only thing that's really helped Arizona is they've done a really good job of bringing on um, bad contracts to recoup draft capital. That's about the only good thing they've done. Period. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's remember not looking Keller good. It was supposed to be the next Patrick Kane. Yes, yeah. I remember that. All the dangles, those highlights. Patrick Kane has to lead sports in most guys that were supposed to be the next hand. That just, it didn't happen. Like every, every, every young skilled winger is like, you know, this is the next Patrick Kane. And it just never happened. Okay. Uh, 31. The San Jose Sharks. First off. Their fans seem to think they've done a decent job of drafting, developing, trading, and free agency. I don't know what else to say other than, like, like how? Really? Sorry? Like trading, really? Like Yeah, like it's split down the middle. Like they're completely what? average at trading, apparently. What trades have character they guys in that locker room? Like, yeah. Go. Mark's like Goudreau. I don't know. What else yeah, did they yeah. do? Funny thing. Again, Will just reminded me. They traded for Vander Kane. Never forget. Yeah. And in last place, veteran leadership. Can I just like, for example, like I'm gonna scroll up. Look at all the blues around Tampa Bay, right? You see that, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let's go with. <laughs> wait, let's... wait. I'm sorry. They got two in cap management. That's B. Who's ahead of? Uh that's a good question. I don't know, but they were. We'll try and find it. They're an all-time finesse on cap management. Two cap management. That's outrageous. <laughs> that that is such a joke. <laughs> anyway, um, you see all that blue. Let's look at the thirty-second rank. If I can get through the comments. comments, I'm trying to think. My of goodness! Which wow. Which I saw I saw Atlanta in there. Oh. <laughs> I saw some guy comment. We should get it. We sh- the Coyotes should move here. Like that'd be awesome. Yeah, we tried that. Didn't we? Back the Thrashers. Oh, Buffalo. Buffalo. Yes. Yes. Okay, how if, if you're a Sabres fan, how do you not think you have the worst cat management in the world when Jeff Skinner is just sitting there with Kyle Poso saying, what's up? You can't do anything here. Remember the Villy Lano contract? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> After like that one playoff run. Didn't they do the same thing with Christian Ehrhoff, too? Yeah. Oh my God. Matching the Vanek uh, offer. What, what, what happened to Buffalo, man? We, I was talking about that with I was talking about that with Christo yesterday. Like, my whole childhood until like 2010 they were good every year and then they've just been a complete nightmare since then. like what happened man nightmare is a nice way of putting it. it it seems like in recent years they just refuse to bring in anyone with any proper experience well i think that's what we have to do actually like i'm gonna cut i'm gonna cut the conversation there because you've just given me an episode idea Okay. We just we get Christo on, and we just do a deep dive. What happened to the to the Buffalo Sabers? A big part of it is probably like the Tim Murray like tanking for McDavid, and just they never they never rose from the ashes. But I think that's a very good episode idea that we should write okay. down. You guys should you guys should do just an off season series of what ha- what the hell happened, and get get Scott on to talk about Vancouver. Yes. Like, <laughs> 
Like Vancouver almost won the cup, man. Like that actually happened. Thinking back to 2011 to now, you're just thinking, how did they go so wrong? Like losing to the Flames three years after making the cup final. It's just really weird to think. They did, By the way, of, they did a lot of weird stuff. Like, like uh, they had a lot of weird moves. It's so strange, by the way. You know, I feel really bad for Alex Burrows because obviously in 2011, That's he loses. pretty random. Well, no, because so you know, he gets to the cup final in 2011. He loses that. He shows up in the middle of the COVID season, called up from Laval to go with Montreal, and he loses in the finals again. I just think that got to sting a little bit. This is me. I was there to know, I guess. Probably. It probably does. For, for Alex Burroughs. <laughs> I, I feel bad for Alex Burroughs. I mean, once you remember the kind of player he is, you're kind of like, who actually feels bad for Alex Burroughs? But, uh, seeing, all the, seeing all these retired guys doing new things makes me feel old. Like, yeah. Like, it's like Biaxa on, uh, on Hockey Night. I hated Biaxa so much as a kid. It drives me through the wall that he's good on TV. <laughs> Like, like, yeah. does, <laughs> it, does it bother you guys? So obviously Tortorella has another media gig. He's with ESPN, I believe. Um, and if six- they don't make him do the quiz, like that's outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, are you kidding me? So Sid Zero had a tweet just kind of going off about how, like, you know, Tortorella's famous for sort of when he's not in a great mood, maybe not being the, uh, you know, talking to media at all. Um, do you guys mind, like, a guy like Tortorella getting a job? Do you mind players getting all these media? Because obviously all, all four of us one day want to work in, in sport media. Does it bother you with all seeing players and executives and coaches getting jobs? Not really. It's kind of inevitable. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, yeah. should they? Probably, I don't know. I think, that, I think the more interesting conversation is should they, but does it bother me? Not really. Like, it's... When you play in the NHL or you coach in the NHL and create a name for yourself, you're immediately more useful on a TV broadcast than uh, if you didn't. Um, obviously, you can work your way up there. And there are examples like that. Like the best example is probably Mina Kimes, who has worked herself from literally nothing in terms of, I shouldn't say literally nothing, but she worked herself from a random business reporter to uh, um, literally on NFL Live every day covering the nfl like so it is it is possible but it's a heck of a lot harder if you didn't play in the nhl or you didn't coach because no one knows no one has any idea who you are and if you, you don't have the added credibility like if uh, kelly rudy says something ridiculous on a hockey night <laughs> like, like you blaming been, uh, a goalie on a 2-0 that was awesome that's an all-time clip um like uh, what Who's get like who care? Like, if you call him out, and people be like, ah, he played in the NHL for 16 years, like, he has the credibility. But if a random person says that, like, ah, I have no idea what they're talking about. So, right. I, I honestly think towards being back on TV is incredible for the NHL because mm-hmm. he's one of like the like eight people associated with hockey who have like a real personality mm-hmm. and show it. And that's so important for a sport that has so many boring people associated with it and in, in their public personas. Like Gretzky's awful on TV. Like Gretzky's going to be a disaster. Yeah. I don't, I don't think most people realize that he's a genuinely exceptionally boring person. He, he was on uh, 
hockey central like their last day before their summer break and it was it was it was tough to listen to it, it was he's just a boring guy man there's a single clip of him in the last dance and he's like yeah people come to see michael play and they get and i fell asleep it's like no i, I can't do this yeah, like him and messier i don't want to watch them talk about hockey man i i, I don't know i haven't heard messier talk about hockey i don't his, I, his I, I could I, I could see Messier being decent, uh, but Gretzky's rough. Like, did you guys ever catch any of the um, the NBC stuff Babcock did? Yeah, he yeah, was good once, and then I turned. Yeah, it's it not bad. Like he was actually good. It was kind of funny watching him talk about the Leafs. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it was after one of the playoff games, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not listening. You talk. I can't do this. <laughs> My like, it's you're giving me a headache. I can't. Mike Babcock, what? How how the mighty have fallen? <laughs> That's what you get for going to Toronto. Should have gone to Montreal. Uh, no, no. Hey, you got the Buffalo. Buffalo. Oh yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> what well, do you remember? Who was it? Who was it? Who just said uh, something? Tweeted there. There was links between Babcock and like uh, Ben Steiner put it out like this thing of like. So apparently, like <laughs> Montreal had spoken to Mike Babcock. It was like no. <laughs> I don't want that. First off, he doesn't speak French. From or I does know. he? I don't, don't think know. he speaks French. Never bring know. bring him in to help build the culture, of the organization. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> great, great culture, great culture organization. And they should have signed D'Angelo. That would have been hilarious. It would not have been hilarious. <laughs> Are you kidding? After the draft pick? Like, listen, there have been three times during my time as a Habsen where I've nearly cut the cord, PK being traded was, was, was close. Like when price was left exposed for Seattle, like if he was claimed, I was gone. Right. Like that you, you knew my state of mind there. Like you knew I wasn't, I wasn't happy about it. I was fired up by a cracking Jersey. Yeah. Oh yeah. We were, you and I had him on pre-order. Um, and like, like the May you sell, I was like, yeah, how, like seriously, <laughs> seriously. How I, I, don't think I don't think I've ever seen anything. There's there's very few things that like uh, ninety plus percent of people agree on associated with pro sports. Like we talked about one of them earlier, the Olympics. Like everyone was like, yes, the NHL. Should we, the other one is, what the hell were the Habs doing? And then just and had the, nothing prepared. And and the best part, the best part about that story was the yeah, was the uh, the argument like a bunch of teams were going to take him the second round. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, well, we have to take him now because, man, we, we, he was going to get taken. It's like, why did you have to be the team to do it, though? Don't put yourself through that. <sighs> I think Arizona I think Arizona should have done it. Oh. Well, they didn't have the picks. They lost them. <clears throat> Can you imagine? Can you imagine they're like two years in a row. They're like, well, they run, they run a, a, far, a, a HL power play of uh, Mitchell Miller and uh, look at me. <laughs> We learn from our mistakes, guys. Don't worry. And just like, oh, whatever. If they had signed D'Angelo, and everyone was waiting for it, right? Because that's why they lost Mete, because they thought they were going to get him. And then, like, the Tony, the worst part was when Mayu was drafted, and everyone, what what everyone thinks is the D'Angelo burner account, saying, I've got more respect for Bergevin, was like, (laughs) (laughs) how? Anyway, um, we (laughs) going for... Bergevin, like, was Bergevin involved in Chicago? Like, I like that came up, and then like that that week, he gets asked about it. He's like, "Nah, man, I hadn't heard about it." And then he takes me. <laughs> like, <are you laughs> like, that was a, that's an all time ball. Like, that's ballsy. 
Not That's him being mean, like, they're not firing me. I can do whatever I want. Not to mention, I think it's worse that Chicago are the pick after Montreal. And like the clip of like all the people, like how, how Bowman brought all those women on, on stage. It was like, what are you doing? It was what a crappy way to end what a crappy draft that was too in the first round, taking six hours. Anyway, um, we have been recording for a, a very long time, nearly two hours. Guys, we're not going to – we don't have the time to talk about other stuff today. No. We're going to have to do a two-episode okay. week this week. Um, the good news is it's the off-season. The off-season yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, by the except way, lads. Except for in the Habs trade for Eichel this week. Yeah, exactly. And that's emergency podcast. We're on Eichel Watch this week. Just don't do it on Tuesday because that's when I'm moving back to Ontario. So don't do that. Please. Appreciate it. Just shoot version out of text. Like, hey, man. Just wait. Virg, can you just like give it a second? Can you pull the trigger on Thursday? I'll be I'll be fully back, moved in. I'll be good to go. So uh, Tuesday, okay. Tuesday, Tuesday will be really inconvenient. Wednesday would be okay, but I'd prefer Thursday. <laughs> exactly. And then I have time to make the video, and it's a good thing. That make the video on the train. Yeah, well, uh, my uh, my mom's here to thank you, so we're gonna we're driving back of everything. If you know this, I'm kind of on the floor because we just took my bed frame apart. <laughs> it's, it's not a great time right now. Anyway, um, I can't remember what I was gonna say, but the episode's done. Um, Will, once again, thank you for uh, for being here. Appreciate thank you, Will. It. I'm glad I got to talk about the fact that Detroit has a better front office than Toronto. <laughs> better than uh better than about 28 other teams my friend it's gonna hurt man like, like <laughs> what's the explanation there there isn't man steve eiserman that's it i don't know i didn't realize they won multiple cups when steve eiserman was the gm exactly i don't know what to say <laughs> I, just, I, I didn't realize um, that i'm pretty sure they all happened after he left yeah well anyway uh, it's always good to see you and maybe once Lives are getting back to normal. Maybe I'll see you in person sometime soon. Absolutely. We were talking about that. Mike and I were talking about that yesterday. So. Good guy. Good guy, Mike. We rip on him, but Mike, we we appreciate no, it. Don't, don't let his ego grow. Uh, don't yeah. do it. Don't <laughs> Every, do it, Adam. Everybody's, do fa- it. everybody's favorite Leafs fan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what? He said he wanted to watch the Leafs series now. He was uh, opposed to that. He's coming back. He's coming Tell back. Him. Oh, Tell he's, he's going to he, every Every year you guys do this. You guys talk you all. Guys, no, it's just Mike. No, it's <laughs> it's, it's, Mike. it's like a, a good twenty five percent of Leaf fans. You guys yeah. have some brutal exit, and you're like, "I'm done. I'm never going to be a fan again." And then all of a sudden, Matthews scores two goals in October, and you're like, "I'm back, baby." I'm back. <laughs> they're, they're they're going to win five four in overtime on opening night. Who are they playing? Ottawa. No, Montreal. Montreal. Yeah, it's high. okay. So they're playing Montreal. It's always Montreal. They're going to win 5 4 in overtime because it's always a close game. And yeah. everyone's like, I'm back. Let's go. We so we solved the demons. Mm-hmm. It's really funny. After the offer sheet, he in our group chat, he's just like, Well, I'm a Canes fan now. <laughs> this guy switches teams every day. Well, hey. I, he's a big D'Angelo guy, so it fits. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with that, um, thank you for listening as always. Um, we'll link all of Will's stuff, even if he's not at the eye-opener anymore because he graduated. We'll still link to his work and all that. Again, sports issue, that was pretty sick. He won't take all the credit for him because he's a great guy, but he helped put that together. Well, he was the main guy. He was a sports editor. Pretty good guy. Um, friend of the show, great dog. Flames fan, Habs fan, basketball guy, airball.com. Trying, trying, to, 
would like to not be a Flames fan anymore. Well, you can make that decision. Reluctant Flames fan. Unfortunately, from Calgary and support the city. What's your, uh, what's your main, your personal Twitter um, handle again? Uh, the Will Baldwin. The Will Baldwin. Okay. Um, we love you, man. And uh, you are one of the few people that predicted the Habs would beat the Leafs in our preview. Um, so congratulations on that. Did you want to talk. ask him about that? Because we... I- We've been going for two hours. We, it, was, it was obvious. We all uh, saw it coming. We, yeah, especially at 3-1, yeah. we were like, it's, we have them right where we want them. Adam and I definitely were talking about how it's for the best. If they Those messages definitely weren't going back and forth. <laughs> yeah. It was totally calm. I wasn't. I wasn't cap block seventeen messages to Will every period. Wasn't in re- in retrospect, I would not have said that if we knew about Shay. No. Oh, that's that's sad. Wait, that playoff run is so much better now that we know about Shay. Mm-hmm. Like carry like carry aside. It was cool seeing Carrie play in the final. Um, but uh, Shay actually going out in a way he deserved. On like what? an actual good team playing for meaningful games was really cool. Consider like the respect for him because the regular season he was just not good. Like it was, you could tell something. You thought like, has it finally caught up to him? And like the amount of of discipline he has to have, and like pain tolerance for those stretch of games when he was averaging like twenty three minutes. It's it, it's it's inhuman. It was incredible to watch. Like. And I swear to God, Will, if Ben Chirot's the interim captain, so help me. So help me. Okay. Um, but no, actually, that's it. Voice Ed, uh, thank you. Great platform as always. Check out everything about the show. Um, Daniel stuff. You have a new article up or is it, what is it, Daniel? You're- you know, it's just uh, new interviews for CGRU. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Alex's blog, my YouTube channel. New Kakinemi video. Um, check out the YouTube version of the show to see all our beautiful faces. And we will see you. Check out the TikTok and the Facebook and all that. Goodbye.